Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with Ron Weber. Breck Weber. And you guys are with Tin, Tin Roof Barbecue. All right, Tin Roof is in the Tascacita or the Tri-County area, what is what is it called out here? Oh, some people call it HKA, some people call it Lake Houston, Atascacita, Humble. I don't know, I live Humble, a mile Kingwood, and a half from here. So. Yeah, there it is, HKA. Humble, Kingwood, and Atascacita. Very easy to find, very easy to get to. You guys have been here a long time, you've got a long history in this community, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get to all that, but let's let's start at the beginning. Ronnie, let's talk about uh, how, how did you fall in love with barbecue you had a whole other career before barbecue became a career well before we got into barbecue 19 years ago as far as having a restaurant I was a city of Houston policeman and uh, long time Uh, and I was doing um, coming up to 31 years with the city of Houston had a fantastic job I was actually a lieutenant and I had like 65 or 70 people working for me and I honestly had it made in the position that I had finally got myself into, but uh, one day I walked in and I told Nancy, that's my wife, I says, I cannot do this any longer. Because after 31 years in, in that kind of a environment, I was stressed and I was just like, you know, Burned. if I... Burnout, just completely burnout. Probably out. a lot of changes in the city over that time uh, too. Yeah, right? and I've seen a lot in in 31 years. I mean, the job when I started in 1970, and when I finally retired, it it had really changed a lot. And uh, so she says, "Well, we're too young to retire. You know, what are we going to do?" And I told her, "Well, let's just open the barbecue restaurant because we had been doing all kind of charity work." as kind of quote fun you know because if we were cooking for the PTA I was cooking for the church if somebody had a, some kind of a benefit we were cooking for the benefit and we were probably doing at least one kind of a charity function a month at the very end of my tenure with the city and she said okay and you know no restaurant experience zero we walked in we were banking with a real nice bank I walked into the bank and says I'm retiring and I want to borrow X bucks open a restaurant and the banker looked at me he says okay what is your experience and I said zero he says look I'll be honest with you nobody's going to give you any money so we took our pension money that I had saved on the side and we threw it into the restaurant down the street. Mm-hmm. And we actually just literally leased a piece of dirt. Yep. It was 80 foot by 80 foot piece of dirt. I, I just leased wow. dirt. and Land uh, lease. We were, I had connections because of side jobs and we were moving, old, I was escorting old structures. They would move an old house, they were going to, and they, so one of the developers. A lot of that in the Heights area. A lot of that. A lot of that in the Heights and down uh, off of Washington Avenue. Yeah. Yeah, Anywhere where they're starting to throw up townhomes. Yeah, anywhere you see a three or four story So our original building. They moved that building off that lot. Exactly. Our original building, uh, I got given to me. 
to get it off the guy's lot. <laughs> he says, you can have this house, just move it and get it off the house. Clear the lot, I want to clean the lot. Have a bulldozer, scrape okay. it. So we wound up, we, we moved it down the street, we blew out the walls. Uh, added on the kitchen. Added on the kitchen, we added built the decks. Uh, built decking. And Broke three ribs building the decks. Yeah, he, he fell through the porch when we were building the deck. 13 years old, break three yeah, He was 13 at the, the time. And uh, I told him, get up and go back to work. <laughs> Rub some dirt in it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we wound up being down there. We were down there, uh, it was like 5,500 block of uh, 1960. We were down there for two and a half years. And my landlord, I had a three-year lease. And my landlord, I was telling him, well, you know, the lease is coming due. He says, okay, you know, you're making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. He thought we were making a lot of money because we were, you know, we were selling out. And uh, he said, okay, uh, I'm going to double your rent. And when he said, I'm going to double your rent, I says, look here, I won't be here. Yeah. So Adios. We, we wound up coming down to this site and... Uh, For the double the rent. Well, we yeah, bought the land, but, but we're, we're just we over bought an acre this piece of dirt for what that. that what, that's a know. lot better deal. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. we bought the dirt, and I wound up buying another building. When the lease was done down there, we wound up uh, opening the door here. The week we closed down there, we backed our trucks up to that building down there. I moved the equipment down here, and we opened up here. Wow. Yeah, we, we were so, never down. So that goes out to all the uh, pitmasters that take years to, to move or open, right? Yeah. <laughs> they will go nameless, but <laughs> there's some that have taken many, many months to do a small move. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Course crew is the same way. Yeah, I mean, yeah basically course crew got open really fast. I mean, there's been a few almost. that have been able to, to get it done really quick, but I, and I know in the city is different too when you got permitting and all that crazy yeah. stuff. But. Well, we are in Harris County here, mm -hmm. and the good part is I did not want to be in the city limits of Houston. The Harris County has been always so pro-business, and we, by the relationships that we developed here, uh, we've always done things the right way. But our relationships, when like you know, when we had a fire here a couple of years ago, I had people that were helping me get my permits and get me back open. Wow. So, I mean, you know. I mean, you've been an integral part of this community for years and years, and everyone wanted to see Tin Roof get open again as quickly as possible. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and we continue to do things uh, for the community, you know, because, I mean, we've been blessed. I mean, 95% of mom-and-pop businesses, restaurants, uh, they don't even last a year, you know. So, I mean, I look at it like this is you know we're going to try to do everything we can to give back to the people that support us and, and that's what we do it's as simple as that it's not about the money you know i mean we've got to make our payroll i got to pay my mortgage but it's all about giving back and being a part of something and not being separate of it. And you guys have been a wonderful example of that in the barbecue community for, for a long, long time. And we're gonna get more into that as we go along here in the story. Let's go, let's go back a little bit with the early days of, of Tin Roof when you guys first set down roots here. What, were, what was on the menu in those early days? You have a very expanded menu now, but what was on those the, the early menu menus? The menu has blown up here. Uh, we basically, when we first opened, I was on pipe pits 
and I was literally sleeping on the floor and we basically were just doing a brisket sausage uh, we do chicken and ribs and we had just limited amount of side dishes your standard stuff and, and we didn't really the desserts I mean we weren't basic desserts uh, right now our menu is pretty big and everything on the menu we make I mean we literally I have one item on the menu that we don't make but everything that's that you see out there is we touch it all you know we've just recently gotten into making sausage right and uh, Breck Breck makes a hundred percent of the sausage we sell now and, and hundreds hundreds of pounds a week yes hundreds yeah at least at least but now our menu is we've got the fries and there's some fish well and you got the, the fried pickles and the onion rings that's yep. some of our favorites yeah fried favorite non-barbecue stuffed jalapenos oh yeah yeah and, and it's basically you know the menu's not going to get any bigger because we fight that menu board all the time. If, if anything, we're trying to slowly cut. You know, it's a but that's a fight because the fact of that we have a lot of we got a lot of regulars that come in here that they come in because of that well, chicken you know, fried we, steak. I mean, there's well, a lot of options. That, there's oh, a lot yeah, of options, yeah. but we have I mean, we've got a, I I can probably count I, I couldn't count on my hands regulars that I see three to four times a week. I mean, and they might get barbecue today. Come in and get a burger tomorrow. Come back get barbecue. Come and get chicken breast steak or a chicken breast chicken. Yeah, yeah. We have this. We have one lady that came in today. She seriously is here three times a week. Three times a week at minimum. At at at, at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. You can just. She's usually here about one thirty. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm getting mean, heavier just sitting here thinking. About I know it. it, but well, that's uh, that's just it. And that's one of the benefits of having that expanded yep. menu is if if you were just serving brisket ribs and sausage, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have those three times a week customers. Exactly, and, and, and that's also that's one of the reasons why I call ourselves we're a barbecue restaurant. We're not a barbecue joint. And there's some discussion there on what's you know what, but when we close at a certain time. We close at the time we shoot to run out of barbecue, an hour to. 30 minutes before that time, that's my goal. But if someone comes in 15 minutes, you know, oh, we don't have no brisket, but they can get a burger. They get something that we can quick cook for them that's fresh. Right. And it's not like, you know, not knocking the guys that close when they run out. It's just, that's kind of the, the different. Right, well, and it's something that, that Brian and I have talked about a lot is when you own a restaurant, you own that restaurant 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. To only make money out of that restaurant for three or four hours a day, it kind of seems silly. If you have the capacity to be able to provide a dinner service and provide those other items for yep. people, and I mean, you guys are open six days a week yep. from at least from eleven to nine, or eleven to ten on the weekends. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of hours to make sure you've got food ready. And, and Sunday oh, yeah. we're only eleven to three, um, lunch only. But that's that's the only day we do lunch only. We're closed on Mondays, so and I, I'm here every Monday, starting cooking for Tuesday. Um, I think that's what, I mean, people in the business know, but people that aren't in the business, they don't understand. If you're closed one day a week, you're actually working that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we're working or either we're, we're fixing something that needs to be yep. fixed. Yeah, yeah it's but, not a day off. But yeah. like on Mondays, I'll turn away 20 different cars up on the parking lot, people that want any food. And I'm like, sorry, we're closed. We actually almost did that a few weeks ago. <laughs> we flew back in, we were in Charleston a few weeks ago, and we flew back in on a Monday. And we're like, oh, let's go to Tin Roof. And then we're like, wait a minute, it's Monday, we can't go to yep, Tin yep. Roof. You can't get here on Monday. Yeah. 
And, and the reason why we're not open seven days a week, which, I mean, you you, you get to the point where, well, what if you just over seven days a week? But, you know, we're cooking on a pipe pit. I don't have a spare. Mondays, I clean that pit. We do have two oilers. And the beauty behind that is, is we, we alternate those. I'm running, you know, one one this week dedicated to this protein. Next week, sit, you know, the next week, that's going to go to sausage. But I don't cook sausage, you know, do the... I'm gonna say the pre-cook per se, the the par cook. Um, I don't do it every day, so this way I can shut that one down. One of those days, which is our Tuesday, that one gets clean. So this way, um, once that one's clean, then that one runs sausage for two, three cooks, which is not a very, it's not a messy cook, very clean. And then the next week, it cooks the other proteins. And so you're never, you're never with a pit that's got more than 10 days worth of cook on it without being clean so you're not problem with grease fires or anything like that. Also airflow, keeping your pit clean, keeping it where it's breathing well, where you have a good clean burn and good clean smoke. I think it's a really, really good point. And um, can we talk about a particular pit that... Uh, oh yes, we can talk about that wonderful <laughs> yeah. pit that we... Or, well, did you cook on that or was that just I, me? I cooked on it with you. Okay. That's that's when we got the brisket call. So <laughs> a competition pit, not a, not a retail pit. but. Uh, is a gentleman that believes that, that all of the grease and all of the actually stalactites and stalagmites dripping from mm-hmm. permanently are flavor that are yes. flavor yes, <laughs> exactly. yes. yeah and uh, it's not but but I, I think you brought <laughs> up a great me. point about airflow that I hadn't thought about before because that is important you keep you, yeah. you, the cleaner it is the better your airflow better your fire that's my whole premise there and a lot of people will look at me like I'm crazy I power wash our power uh, I literally power wash out our pipe pit every Monday. Now I'm not putting chemicals in it, but we knock any loose, anything loose off because I don't want that falling onto the meat. And then you get into that bitter smoke and then someone has a bad, you know, a bad, you know, day at our restaurant, bad meal. And then they want, I'm not gonna go back. Well, well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna have one little flake of something that makes them not happy. And the big thing is, you know, our customers expect when they walk through the door and they say they, they get our smoked turkey. Well, the smoked turkey you had last month, I, when you get it today, I want it to be the same turkey yep. that you had time and time again. And if you don't have your system, you know, you're, you're going to be not consistent and you're going to make somebody unhappy. And, and I'm not con- I'm not con- comparing us to McDonald's by no means, but I always tell people, look at McDonald's. It's consistency. Now, granted, their burgers are not the greatest, but they're consistent. Right. Well, you know what you get. Store to store, 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 store. the same. Well, yeah. no, no one and in the history of so, eating has ever said, "I don't know what's going to be like this time when I go there, but I can't wait to try it." <laughs> exactly. So that's that's, that's, right. that's the beauty is the thing about the restaurant industry is consistency. It's all and the same thing with competition side. It's consistency, being able to replicate what you walked with last week, this week, even though you're in a different climate or a different day, it's raining or not raining. And that's that's the trick behind barbecue is it's replicating the product where if somebody came in last year on vacation and they want to come back here, we give them the exact same experience. Or if they come in three times a week, we give them the exact same experience. And, and that's the, the goal is always consistency. And I think we pretty well hit that on a nail. And and we basically, from the day we started to now, 
<clears throat> we've definitely improved. We started on Pipe Pit. We had a, a, a time where I was older, or getting older, and because I'll be 70 in November. I was in school. I was and in, he was in school. I was in school. We went through a time where I had some old hickories, and then after he got out of school. And you can turn out some good quality barbecue on old hickories. Yeah, or some but price. we you basically, just, we, we. You've got to baby them. We basically, then we uh, kind of gone back 180 degrees, and I got rid of all the old hickories, and now we're completely on either oiler, you know, or pipe. Or we're on pipe. Pits by JJ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we've got one Cadillac pipe pit out there, and Pits by JJ uh, built it for us. And uh, we know exactly what that what she's going to do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've cooked on it so long that every pit has its own, it's like a woman. Every pit's every, got her. Everyone's unique. Her creature habits. And we pretty well, the chicken goes here, the ribs go there. And you don't Turkey put the ribs here. Don't put the ribs over here because yeah. it ain't gonna cook right. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go down the sausage rabbit hole since you guys decided <laughs> to go down the sausage rabbit hole. Exactly. Of, of cooking hundreds of pounds of sausage that you were trimming, grinding, stuffing secrets. yourself. <laughs> yeah. No recipes. That's fine. So you were using, um, you know, pre-purchased sausage for many many years, about 18 years. Yep. Um, what caused you to want to make your own sausage, and and how did you get into that? Well. Um, we wanted we want to improve the game and, and we're always trying to improve ourselves so it's one of those things where can i improve on something <coughs> and give something that's homemade or house made per se or not homemade but house made or in-house made um that's what we we're looking at and we started slowly doing i'll do little small batches um and granted a small batch means 100 pounds but i'll do a 100 pound batch and use a hand, hand stuffer, 25 pounder, and I'd make something. All, you know, it'd be a beef sausage with jalapeno cheddar or jalapeno pepper jack, which we have this week, and just playing around with it. And, and we put it up as a special, and people buy the crud out of it. And like, well, they, they like this. And what happened is, long, probably about two years ago, two and a half years ago, we were using a spice company to blend all of our spice long story short they started putting stuff in our spice blend that we didn't ask them to put in it so we took that away from them and i bought a leland southwest 100 pound meat mixer granted why would you buy a meat mixer for spice it blends great and is that, is that what they call a buffalo chopper or is it no what, it, what is that it is a dedicated it's a mixer it's, it's a leland southwest is the only one that have a they call a double action and there's an out outside set of screws or, or paddles that spin clockwise per se and then there's an inner side of, inner set of paddles that it's kind of like rotate a, it's counterclockwise like a horizontal like dough paddle yeah, sort of but it's, action but it, there's one set of ribbon paddles that are going this way and then there's an inner set of paddles going the other direction so it me- mixes very for well for the listeners that's clockwise and counterclockwise yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so they're the only ones that make them and they're out of Fort Worth, Texas built product, 100% stainless steel, just amazing company. And they make they make meat mixers from 100 pound to 10,000 pound. And so we bought one and we started doing our own seasonings. And, and now we know what's and, in the seasoning. So yeah, we do all of our seasonings in house. And what happened is, is once I got it, I started playing with sausage. Cause that's what it's de- actually meant for. But you can mix 
potato salad, coleslaw, you name it. I mean, it's just a mixer's designed to mix 100 pounds worth of product. Um, so I started playing with that, and that's what really elevated my sausage, is getting the farce right, getting that mix. And a lot of people, that's where, or at least me, um, I'm really picky with sausage because it, it's got to have the right, the grind has to be right, but it also has to have the right consistency where it binds itself. And I don't put no meat glues, I don't use any additives. The only thing we put in our sausage is sodium nitrate, pink salt, pink curing salt, but by law I have to because we're a restaurant. And any which way I'd want to because it's an antimicrobial, antibacterial property. I mean, it's, you don't want issues. Um, but we don't use any meat glues, any binders, no milk powders. And by using that mixer, I was able to get it where it's, it binds itself. Because it. it's kind of like the when fat you, actually breaks down and binds itself. I was say when you're doing it, when you're doing it, it, it gets to a consistency where it's kind of like dough, and you can mm -hmm. see that change. Yep. Um, when you're doing it by hand, the problem is you're introducing heat into that yep. mixture, and so you have to be very careful when you're doing it by hand. Sometimes you mix in ice with it. Sometimes you get put it back in the yep. freezer, come back. Yep. But this this allows you to mix it yep. at a much better ratio. And, and, and the beauty is we can push that entire unit into the walk-in day before chill the entire unit down and when we go to mix it itself is chilled so we don't ever like we don't introduce ice in our sausage i do put water because you have to have some form of moisture to in i've made beer sausage and instead of using water use beer so to get that mix right um but once i got that then i kind of got hooked on making sausage and then i started looking at okay well what other piece of equipment we need so then i bought you know we bought a bought a 25 pound stuff or a little they call it a 25 pounder but it's really a 20 pound manual stuffer bought a 12 number 12 grinder head for our uh, hobart buffalo chopper we have we got a pto on it so started making it with that and then takes too long so we finally got to start start okay well we're gonna start making our own sausage so we introduced just doing specialty sausage and that took off and then uh, did that for a couple months the first year and then I made a couple batches original just to test the water and people loved it. So I was like, well, we're going to go do this. We're going to do this right. So then we bought a, a true uh, electric stuffer. So it's not manual. So you have more consistency control over it. It's a foot pedal. Uh, and then I bought a number 22 grinder head for our Buffalo chopper, which is a step up. It's not huge, but it's, it's there. Um, I can, we can grind hundred pounds of meat in 30 minutes. So, but granted, I really would love to have a 54 one day, but <laughs> yeah, I, it's, we, on the, it's on the menu. It's on the yeah, menu, it's on but the it's, 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 it's a later course. Um, then, um, so it's slowly getting that point where it's about efficiency and where we are now, we're very efficient with, um, what we need here. So if we ever got to the point where if we were co-packing for somebody per se, you know, uh, or if we were, for whatever reason, some big retailer walked in and said, we want to buy a bunch of sausage or something like that, um, that's when we would have to step up the game per se. But um, it, it's, it's interesting, it's a rabbit hole for sure, because it snowballs. Well, and from, from that, it's talking about snowballing, other than the, the original and the pepper jack, some of the other ones that you've experimented with over the last few months here. Yep. Jalapeno, jalapeno cheddar, uh, we've done jalapeno, poblano, serrano blend, 
we're just instead of just doing just a jalapeno pepper, you know, jalapeno, um, different pepper flavors in there just to make it more earthy. We're seeing poblano pop up an awful lot lately. Yeah, we're starting yeah. to see more poblano on there because yeah. it, it does have a good pepper flavor. It doesn't give you a ton of spice. Exactly. Nice. But then that's why we offset it with the jalapeno serrano, which there wasn't a lot in there, but that's what brought up the, the heat. Um, we've done, we'll do a pork booty in every so once in a while. I've done for Sausage Wars, I did a uh, crawfish etouffee boudin. Um, there's a little bunch of different sausages I've done um, in the past. It's kind of hard to remember them all. <laughs> because what we're doing is we're just slowly testing the water, sure. see what people like. And we're to the point where we, people really like the jalapeno pepper jack and they like the jalapeno cheddar. And I've just done straight jalapeno. And it's just one of the things where what moves, what people are, go to. And we have a lot of people that ask for this or ask for that, so we'll try it. And it's like, well, that didn't move as well. So it's kind of, you know, what what is our niche per se on what moves? And the original is obviously the, everybody wants that. And it's very close to what we were buying in flavor profile, just we added garlic. Um, and, and granted, we're making it, so it's not exactly what we were buying, but we tried it the best we could to mimic per se the base profile, but by adding better flavors and adding a little bit more something. So it's got some unique spice in there too. Yeah. We're, we're trying to knock that one out. But. Well, it's pretty amazing. 20 years in, almost 20 years into a business, you guys are still learning, still innovating, still creating. Yeah. You know, it, it would be very easy for you guys to say, this is the menu, it's successful, yeah. There's let's not change a thing. No. You guys are still trying to improve and change and grow and that's that's great to see and and you know along those lines too i mean you talked about everything made from scratch now um you've gone to creekstone and 44 farms for a lot mm -hmm. of your meat yep. so i'm um, really upgrading the the meat that they've been yep. sourcing too well and yeah, we're 100 percent to creekstone for, for creekstone and all brisket for the brisket 100 percent. we all, don't buy anything else all of our other all of our all of our other beef is from 44 farms all of our chicken comes from a small farm out of Georgia. It's called uh, Naked Truth Chicken. It's 100% organic, all natural, vegetarian fed. Uh, our turkey is our turkey that we've been using for a long time, but there ain't no change in that because the customer base loves it. Um, we spec a specific rib from Seaboard. I've spe um, spec specific pork butts. I mean, we're the, the it's all about consistency, as I said earlier. I mean, it's it's one thing to to get briskets in and, and make them amazing. And it's, a, it's another thing to be consistent with it. And what I, we found throughout the years is getting one brand this week, getting another brand that week, it, there is different differences. Even, even within matter. the same brand, if you're not specking it out, it, you, you'll get a wide variety. Exactly, yeah. and, and if it's in you know one week, you're getting upper selects, next week you're getting lower selects or one week you're getting above average choice next week you're getting lower choice it's it's hard to it's hard to be very consistent and with or we buy creekstone master chef and uh, that's a two-thirds upper so you're getting average or above average for all the guys that have been to texas a m meat science department <laughs> and learned all that or have you know learned all that um, so we're, we're trying to spec that out specifically and we actually have on the horizon quite possibly maybe go to prime but we're waiting on a slot um it's, it's so it's always it's always you know consistency you know you don't don't ever want to do something that i can only do it once 
do something that I can repeat it. Well, and, and prime can be a slippery slope because it can, can be. be too it can be too fatty for some people. So, yep. um, you know, it, it, we just went. You know, John Lewis Lewis Barbecue uses choice. I mean, it's, they use CAB, which is an upper choice. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it's you don't have to use prime. Um, we know some some places that are using select to great effect. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of it is how you cook it. You cannot turn a choice. I mean, you cannot turn a select into a prime. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But, but in the hands but of the wrong can. person, a prime doesn't matter. So. Right. Yeah. right. But you can make a prime into a select if you Absolutely. don't know what you're doing. Yes. Now, you were talking about you're talking about seasonings, and, and you've been on the record before. I mean, uh, thousands of dollars a month in seasonings. You know, again, people that don't understand the volume of the business and, and the costs on the backside, um, you know, wood. Um, how, mu how much wood in volume do you go through? Uh, wood, every, depending on the time of year, a lot has to do with the time of year. Um, we're, I'm a cord and a half to two cords a week, but I'm running three pits. Now, granted, two of them are oilers, but I'm running pits hard. You know, that, you're cooking a lot of food. And there's a lot of guys that cook a lot more brisket than I do, a lot more food than I do, but we're a capacity restaurant and we see over 300 chairs. Uh, we, you know, not at one time we'll be fully packed in here on during the week, like tonight, you know, Thursday night. But you come in here Friday night, you come here Saturday, we're packed out. Well, yeah. that's and, and we do have a wood yard behind and, the restaurant yeah. now, and we've got how many how many we, cords? We get back there. We keep we keep during the year ten to twelve cords on site, and then I keep right before winter, starting in October, we start bumping it up. We try we try to shoot for sixteen cords for winter. And the reasoning is our wood guy, he's stressed out that time because everybody's buying more they're wood. Selling, they're selling firewood in he's, addition to He's selling to firewood wood, in addition, yeah. but also the guys that are cooking are using more wood because right. it takes more wood to fire their pits. So we'll start ramping up before the cold season and we'll get 16 cords. That's our goal. This way, if he skips a week or skips two weeks, we're good. And you're using red oak here? Red oak, 100% red oak. And why did you choose red oak? Plentiful. <laughs> so we, we prefer red oak with a mix of pecan, just ourselves yeah. personally. But well, we, we basically, when I was doing the, all the charity work before we got into the restaurant, I was using red oak and I was using mesquite. But I'm the one standing there and I'm blending it as we're cooking. This is a restaurant and we have 30-something employees here. Kiss. And <laughs> keeping it simple. Yeah, got to keep it simple because I can't depend to use two different blends of wood because I've got too many guys that walk back there. I say, go throw me two sticks of wood on the pit. Do they grab two of this and they or go that or they grab, grab one the of wrong each? stick of wood? Especially with mesquite. Yep. It's very, very picky. Especially yeah. with mesquite. In, in, in granted, when we were cooking that direction, it was, you know, you're, you're cooking putting two or three sticks of red oak on you might be putting one small stick of mesquite you, very small blend ratio but it's one of those things where it's, it's keeping it simple where um, if I have Robert which is one of our managers that's also one of our pit masters or Phil which is one of my guys and prep guys slash pit master my pit guys it's something that they can replicate what I'm replicating sure and it's all about the consistency and, and that's where you see a lot of post oak because post oak is very plentiful, grows quick, dries quick, seasons quick. Red oak very plentiful in East Texas, but it doesn't season as quick. That's we've the reason learned why. That. Yeah, we've learned that. <laughs> the we've hard learned way. that the hard way. But, but, oh, that's, oh, but yeah. that's also the reason why I keep ten to twelve cords on site. Yeah, we can because we can let it sit I there monitor and it. I monitor it, and if I get 
if he brings me one load that's a little greener than the last load, or vice versa, I can say, okay, we're going to skip that one a couple weeks. We're going to go to this pile because that one's even better. Even though we got that one in later than this one, you know, that log was cut down. You know, it was a dead tree versus not a dead tree uh, when he cut it. So we we're able to monitor and use wood specifically when we need it uh, at its optimal time to cook. Um, so that's all that comes down to where I, I'm, I preach consistency to my guys. So. One thing that, that Ronnie you alluded to earlier is the, the charity work that, that Tenwood Roof has done for from basically the early days up until present day and it's been amazing to watch as I, I moved to this community almost five years ago now and it's one of the first things I heard about when I moved here was, was everything that you guys do in the community, giving back. Um, let, let's let's highlight a few things that Ten Roof does. I know uh, you've got coming up uh, Easter weekend. Is it the uh, Autism Awareness Night? Well, ne- next next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Next okay. Wednesday is the Autism Awareness Night, and that's a fundraiser for including kids. It's a school for autism kids here in Tasita, and um, it's a fundraiser for them. At the same time, it's also awareness. Uh, they're going to be selling shirts and different things to help them with fundraising. We've we do a lot for Bandit Brigade Outdoors, which is a, a veterans organization, which we've done a cook-off in the past. This year we're skipping it, unfortunately, but um, we've we competed in that. We, we, yeah. we got to a point where it, it's, it's, you know, there's a, we got a lot going on. Uh, we're also, um, we've done some stuff for people that have cancer. Some of a little nine-year-old that we went to Pflugerville with uh, John Brotherton. We did a help, helped him out with a big fundraiser with them for a girl that had leukemia. Uh, Cameron's relentless battle. If you look on Facebook, that's what it's under. Yeah. And um, and right now we're we're doing a, a deal with the buddy benches. Yep. With the uh, that's the one I saw on Facebook. The, yeah. All the elementary schools. And we're, right, we're we're in the process of, of donating a buddy bench for every elementary school. For every elementary in Elias. There's some of them that already have them, but and, there's a lot that don't. And I've heard of this, but maybe not everybody has. So mm-hmm. so explain what a buddy bench is. A buddy bench is. It, 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 it is basically a bench that goes on the playground and no kid should be sitting at for more than 30 seconds and it's, it's basically two rules one if you sit on the play, buddy bench look around the play yard and say okay is there anybody I can play with find somebody doesn't matter if they're new go over there and say hey I like your shoes I like your shirt whatever can we play on the slide together or whatever and if you're not on the buddy bench you see a kid sit on the buddy bench is you see somebody over there, run over there and say, hey, I like your shoes, your hat, whatever, your shirt, whatever. Let's go play over here. And it's all about anti-bullying. It's all about um, trying to get the guys that are new to the school or maybe, you know, a little maybe, shy. maybe a little shy, kind of help break them out of their shell. And it's just it's a safe spot, per se, to basically, without saying, hey, look at me, you know, I don't have any friends, per se, it gives you a chance to be included, you know. And um, so that's what we're helping try to get all the elementary schools in um, element, all the elementary school schools in Humble Last E, which is 26 or 28. And we're, we're slowly working on that. The guys that are building it is the actual the wood, which is kind of crazy, is the wood shop at Huntsville State Prison, the Polunsky Wood Shop. Wow. And we, pay, and, we pay and, for and, every and, bench. And we they pay build. for every bench, and that also then helps fund them. Because they get a percentage of the proceeds for that that goes into their account for toothpaste, deodorant, or whatever. 
It helps them buy the, the necessities that they need. Sure. It helps the guys that don't have people that are putting money in their accounts. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. And um, we're using um, through we're using we're getting them through a ministry at our church that goes up there and, and uh, helps them out. Um, okay. That's one thing we're doing. And then. Um, Golly, we got so much stuff going on. It's crazy. Yeah, all the things that you guys have done for years. I mean, obviously during during Harvey when all of that happened, you guys fed so many people and cooked so much food for the first responders, for anyone that needed it. For yeah, days, yeah. you guys were just out and about everywhere, mm-hmm. just pr- you know, yeah, producing yeah. everything Har- you could. Harvey was crazy. That, that I, we we could literally have a podcast just on exactly what happened during Harvey. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. Yeah. Um, but we, we ended up, we fed just over 5,000 within four days here at the restaurant. And then Amazing. we started piggybacking with uh, Operation Barbecue Relief and helping them out for the next 12 days. And ended up, Operation Barbecue Relief did 472,000 meals in 12 days. And we helped them with that a lot. We did. And we were basically doing 10% of what they were. We were doing a lot of chicken and a lot of pork butts here, and we were trucking it all downtown. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was an amazing operation to see. I mean, everyone in Houston that was able to, that pitched in, was, was incredible. And you guys were a huge part of that up in this area of Houston and beyond. Um, we, we did a, a benefit for Santa Fe High School last year that you guys donated to, and you were very generous with that. I mean, just at any time anyone needs anything, Tin Roof has always been right at the forefront, you know, helping in the community helping raise awareness for different things raising funds for different things and it's just it's it's an amazing part of the community that's why that you guys have the reputation you do in this community it's because they they know they can count on you not just for a good meal but for good people and good fellowship and that's it's a great thing you know it's one thing to make a dime but you need to be able to put that dime back in somewhere either in back into the business to grow the business make the business better or it needs to go back into something and you know we're we're partnered with uh, including kids for autism awareness. We partnered with uh, Vanderbilt Brigade Outdoors for uh, veterans that need some form of uh, camaraderie, something to go to, uh, some just fellowship. We also uh, have another um, veterans organization that we're working with. It's called uh, Rebuilding. It's not Rebuilding Warriors. Yeah, Rebuilding Warriors, and what they do is they actually do 100% non, 100% zero cost to the veteran. They they get service dogs, yeah. and they're they're Belgian That's a huge long, expense for huge. veterans. They're, these these yeah. dogs are ten, fifteen, twenty thousand yeah. dollars in training just for a PTSD dog or a handicapped accessibility dog. Um, so we're partnering with them. We're also partnering with different. Um, other different small charities around and, or little things that we're doing with the, the school district. That's just great. I mean, it's great to see, again, you know, all, all that you put back. Um, you guys are open six days a week um, into the evenings, especially Fridays and Saturdays. Live music every Friday and Saturday as yep. well. We've got an indoor and outdoor. Yeah, it's um, a great place great for place for young families to come, and then the parents can relax and enjoy an evening with live music. The kids have places to play and big playground. And, yeah, it's, it's it, fully fenced in, so the rugrats don't get out in the street. It's the epitome of a family restaurant, a family business, from from the ownership on down, and that's uh, it's why you guys have been in the community for this long, and uh, I have a feeling you're going to be there for much much longer than that. So. Sure hope. We hope so. Well, Breck, you've already got the next generation that's growing up. So. Yep. <laughs> 
and, and June 5th. As long as you don't break his ribs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was bad. But June, June 5th will be 18 years exactly. Amazing. Oh, so, uh, well, congratulations on yes. that. And Thank um, you. Uh, hopefully you'll have a big party on June 5th. So, yeah, we'll have um, something. But get down to Tin Roof and Atascacita. Um, see Breck and Ronnie. They're they're here, um, I think, every time we've been here pretty much. Pretty much. You guys um, are always here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate the time. Well, thank you. And we'll talk with you next time. Thank you. Well done.